What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. What's up, everybody that's not in here yet? That's okay. I am, um, the rest of the month, I have guests. The rest of this month for the audio podcast, I have guests next week, the week after, and I think pretty much every week um, next month. So I'm doing this one a day early. I'm doing it here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go through a couple things this week. This is again for, you know, this is the audio podcast. I'm trying to give you guys a little preview here. Um, running it on a couple other platforms as well. Um, but welcome, guys, to the Rideshare Rodeo podcast. Um, I am exhausted and beat, and I've done a lot of snowboarding, hiking, digging, everything you can think of in the past few days. So, um, and then even then, even when it was done. I stayed an extra day to ride with some friends. So, I mean, I, I still rode and now my legs are just, I, I am sore head to toe, no joke. Um, and I don't get that kind of sore, but I'm really sore. <laughs> so some stories that we need to talk about this week, you guys. Um, well, actually, you know what? First things first, let me say this. Um, I really want to thank everybody for Thursday. Um, I had search and rescue training. It was an overnight training. Um, and so a lot of it was done in the dark. Uh, but on top of everything else, I obviously and clearly had to miss the round table. Well, these guys did an amazing job. I want to thank all of them for doing this. Um, so, you know, left to right, uh, Tom Kelly, uh, Cheyenne at Gig Work Mama, um, Dana, which is uh, DS Entertainment Network, Welty which is at Welty and uh, Tremaine, who's Hey Ho Studios. You guys, these guys were so awesome to do that for me. And um, I, I really just appreciate it because we don't, I, I don't like, I don't, I'm definitely of the opinion from the production side of my life that uh, the show must go on. And I mean, if you absolutely can't, you can't, but I mean, like there's, there's ways to make it happen. And I think that ended up being good. Um, I do want to walk you through, let me see what so, okay, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, I have a lot of things going on. Um, and one of them just got thrown at me <laughs> that I thought was next week, but it's tomorrow. So the first one, so these are all going to happen as live streams. Some will obviously carry over to this, the audio podcast, but these will be on YouTube and um, a couple on uh, TikTok might run some other uh, platforms, clearly Facebook too, but um, yeah, so... Tomorrow at um, what is it? Three thirty Eastern. I have the head of operations for InDrive. InDrive, you guys have probably heard of it. Um, InDrive Rideshare. We have Adam Warner again. He is the head of operations. Um, and then tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Oh, always a favorite. Always a favorite. You guys. Um, Lou, Mary, and myself are going to do our eighth collaborations. Uh, live stream. And if you guys don't know, they don't do a lot of collabs. 
like pretty much just us, me, and them. Um, again, it's our eighth. This one, if you look, it's we we even named it a little different because we've done Long Island Rodeo. Um, well, we, we've called we've used a few different things, but this time we're using experiment Long Island Rodeo experiment. If you look right under it, it says solving all your life problems in one single live stream with Mary Lou and Steve. So clearly, come on in here with all your problems, and we will solve. Them. <laughs> so we'll do our best. Um, but last time we had a very candid discussion about what's going on in the gig economy, um, how how they're seeing it there, and we got some real honest conversation going about what's going on, but just on a different level too, not just complaining. And it was kind of more like, why is this happening and that kind of stuff. So we'll see where it goes tomorrow night, Thursday. Got the last mile, you guys. If you haven't been watching the last mile, um, I'm about to start. It's actually going to have a format. So there's it's going to be like three different sections every week um, or two, two kind of two sections and a plus section. The plus section is either for a guest or if I want to add something else if we have time. Um, but yeah, so this week we're going to talk about Curry, Roadie, Amazon Flex, maybe some other off-brand apps. But just do some comparisons on some things on there. Uh, smack that like if you're in here, you guys. Get this thing going up in the uh, up in the algo a little bit. And then Thursday. So before Thursday, uh, I don't have a thumbnail for it, but before Thursday, there will be the story, um, the history of Para will drop. And it's really a combination of a lot of videos from when tip transparency was going on all the way up till now, which is actually, and in some of them, just conversations and ideas that became real things. So you guys, I think... I think you'll like that. It's going to be on um, all platforms, Facebook, on my group, on Para, on another one. Um, it will be on um, LinkedIn. It will be on two. It'll be on the Para and my YouTube channel. It will be on um, whatever. Yeah, we trying to think maybe Instagram. I don't know. But yeah, David and I are going to talk about Para. It's going to be David and I. It's going to be a live one. Let's talk Para app, works, pass, and more. Um, we're going to kind of, I'm going to pull together a bunch of questions and then we're going to do that as well. And then that's Thursday at 7 PM Eastern and last mile is Wednesday at 7 PM Eastern, but then Thursday at 9 PM Eastern, we have the two year anniversary of the gig app worker roundtable. So, um, join us for that for sure. All you audio podcast listeners, a lot of those will be dropped through the week. The in-drive for sure. Um, the the Long Island Rodeo Experiment. If not, I'll tell you guys I'm, that one I'm not going to drop because sometimes we run a little long on that. Um, last Mile always depends on on if it's good for an audio listener for, or if I used a lot of visuals. So that's not a weekly drop. And then the Roundtable is always a weekly drop. And the Gig App Podcast by Para is always a weekly drop. So there, that was a little bit of a plug there in the beginning. Thank you for bearing with me, you guys. Um, appreciate you very much. Oh, and then the last Monday, the 26th at um, three or at 5 p.m. Eastern, I will be having Stephanie Vigil on. Stephanie's the one who was writing the Colorado gig worker bill and it got shot down by uh, a Senator Kevin Priola. And we met Senator Priola at the town hall this summer. Um, he is now writing the legislation with Stephanie. So we're going to have her on here because it's very close to being real. Um, and they're starting it off a little easier, too. So uh, what's up, Traveler? Uh, hey, Scrabble, Scrabble. I just emailed you today, by the way. What's up, Derek? How are you doing? I'm actually just on here. You guys doing a ra extremely random <laughs> uh, live stream 
um, of the audio podcast. So I'm trying to remember that I'm not here for a live stream per se, but it, afterwards I might stick around for a couple minutes, but um, this is the audio podcast. And um, so I'm going to step away from the comments just for a little bit. Okay. Where do we start here this week? Because after this guys, I honestly think it might even be like seven weeks where um, I mean, I have one open week, but I'm trying to fill it with somebody who's actually in the chat. Um, but where I have a, a, um, a guest or a co-host every week. Um, so, um, first story this week though, that I want to talk about because it's, a, it's just crazy too the way it was handled. But, um, if you guys didn't see, so, um, here we go. Crowd sets Waymo self-driving vehicle ablaze in San Francisco. So, um, this is on Saturday. The this is on Saturday. What would it be? The eleventh? Not even sure. Um, a crowd vandalized and set fire to a Waymo self-driving car using a firework in San Francisco on Saturday. Now, bear with me because it's a lot more than a firework, you guys. Even this says it, but all the stories I've read have said it. But so um, uh, on Saturday night, a crowd surrounded the white sports you uh utility vehicle uh a witness who posted videos of the incident uh told reuters that people um that a person jumped onto the hood of the waymo vehicle and broke its windshield another person also jumped on the hood 30 seconds later um and people were clapping videotaping nobody trying to stop it and um as the person who was shooting this video these videos there was a bunch of them but this person person in, in specific michael vandy um wrote that was when it all when it went wild he wrote describing that people with skateboards were breaking the glass um and others graffitiing the car there were uh there were two groups of people folks who were encouraging it and people who were filming it but shockingly, nobody who wanted to stop it. And there were a lot of people there. Um, so it does go on to say that, so they're breaking the windows with skateboards, they're graffitiing it, they're doing this, that, the other, they're jumping on it. And it does say that the fire was started by a firework. But if you guys see this picture, I don't have it to pull up because this is the audio podcast, but I would tell you guys, just Google the uh, Waymo uh, RoboTaxi um fire san francisco something like that you'll it'll come right up you'll see the images i mean it's it's engulfed in fire and i just can't see i mean it depends on the firework i can't see that being a single firework that's pretty intense um but there was something else in here too so uh so the, okay yeah it, it's talking about the um public hostility that's following that that's following these companies now even in the few cities they're in i mean if you guys remember the san francisco issue they they kicked wait they kicked crews out for what they did but they didn't kick waymo out and now waymo you know i don't know if you know but um the, so the only places they are i know they're trying to go to charlotte north carolina once san francisco fully kicks them out um but we know that san francisco phoenix um there have been groups of people who I've told you before take cinder blocks, drop them off the highway um, onto the vehicles as they're as they're coming underneath the highway. They're on the overpasses. 
they um you know they throw things i mean they throw things at them we know of even stupid little things we know that people take orange cones and you can put it in front of it you can put it on the hood or you can put it on the lidar um it doesn't work in bad weather i mean it, it, this thing's so it's so ridiculous that we still have to talk about this but um whenever it comes up in the news of course we do so last week uh a driverless waymo car collided with a cyclist in san francisco if you guys didn't hear about this this is what what caused that on the other night and probably other things that have gone on because even though we pick up on every person killed injured whatever we do not um we we do not hear about every little incident like if if a waymo bumps somebody or if you know what i mean like we're not hearing everything we hear when people are getting hurt or like things that you know absolutely prove these things should not be on the road so the incident is being re reviewed by the state, the city, and the state's auto regulator. Um, and that was a Waymo, guys. So Waymo, you know, is still in, in Phoenix, or and, and they're trying to expand service in L.A. and into Austin. They're going to have a very tough time now. Um, on October 2nd, 2023, and this is what I was talking about with Cruz, a pedestrian, okay, and if you guys remember this, we've talked about this, a pedestrian... Um, hit by another vehicle so the pedestrian was crossing the road like you know i think it was three lanes each way and he was he crossed to the medium not at a light but then he he was crossing to the road and he got to the second lane from the curb and a vehicle kind of brazed him and knocked him down and i know that first vehicle needs to be at fault at a level but the other thing is that the cruise vehicle in, at least in their studies and what they tell people had more than enough time to break even once he was on the ground but also the lidar is supposed to see through things and be able to tell you hey there's a person crossing not in a in a not in a crosswalk that should make the cruise and waymo almost like put their hazards on and slow down to a stop until they figure out what that is and if that would bother some drivers well <laughs> I'm bothered by the whole thing that these autonomouses are out there and live testing when, you know, when we we know they don't work. Let's just be honest. But after the passenger had been hit, the response time for the cruise vehicle actually got up on the person. So it should have stopped before, got up on the person and it drug them a little bit and it stopped on top of them. So that that made um, California suspended um cruises driverless testing license and cruise pulled all of its u.s self-driving vehicles from testing all of them so there are no markets anymore at least for now um you know don't forget guys these are these guys are trying to sell you level five autonomous testing when at best we're at level three at best um anything beyond level three is just it's just testing and it's all i mean i mean its accuracy is horrible like we've even been told you know like well you know in if it's like snow okay that's why they would never bring one here because in the snow it they do just shut down because they can't decipher anything with the snow so it just stops and then somebody has to radio those back in or do whatever they do or tow them back i don't even know but there's all kinds of things like that. And these vehicles are expensive. This happens. So um, let's see. So Waymo, 
is not going to leave yet. Waymo is now being looked at the same way Cruz was. So it is very possible that Waymo gets kicked out of California. Um, at least a suspended, same thing that happened to Cruz. That's what I've seen in most of the articles, is that they are being now looked at by um, by the state auto regulators as well as the state and the city. And we know the city hates them. So the city is totally on the side of, we don't care, just get these death traps out of here. Oddly, if you guys think, well, San Francisco won them. No, they didn't. That's a longer story. Uh, Gavin Newsom wanted them for a profit for the state, but San Francisco, the city, did not want these. Um, so anyway, they're out. But I think that now Waymo's or Waymo is being looked at in the same light, and they're going to be held to that same light. Like, are you kidding? Well, you guys did it too. Um, and so we know that they don't, they're not perfect, but I guess I get to the point where it's like, okay, if they're, that's fine. You know, I, I didn't expect them to be perfect, but you cannot be live testing if they don't work and they don't work. They don't work. Um, I want to, I'm going to skip over here to this, um, to what is it? Wednesday's Valentine's day. So. I don't know if you guys have been following this or whatnot, but there is a DoorDash, Uber, Lyft. And I, for some reason, I don't see all of the apps on it. And there's lots of articles out there. Um, like today, for instance, I pulled up the articles and I, I wanted to see what the articles were. I pulled up five and the Business Insider one is labeled correctly. All the other four were not. Were they clickbait? No. But it said that like, so, okay. Here's the article that I have pulled up on Business Insider because its title was correct. The rest were not. Um, Uber and Lyft drivers are staging a national protest on Valentine's Day. Keyword there is protest. In every one of the other articles I pulled up today, it said a strike. I, I have heard this so many times and I've been through this so many times with people who have tried this, mainly with Instacart and other things. But I mean, we've seen some rideshare ones too. Um, but I got to tell you guys that oversaturation now triple oversaturation. It's not a, you can't strike if you don't have a job if you don't have a W two or or you know some kind of locked in position with the company you can't strike. You can protest, and I used to even not say it as protest. I used to just say you're taking a day off the app because it won't affect them. And in every case scenario, we have never seen the apps affected. So even like Sergio and Chris were talking about it and like people were like, well, are you expecting a lot of people to like, really, is this going to make a difference? And they honestly said no. They said where maybe it can is publicity. It all depends on how much publicity comes out. And we know that um, news publications, things like that, they don't want to come out if there's five, 10 people striking. But if there's 40, 50, 60, they'll come out and do a quick little piece on it. So I want to give props to Torsten, rideshare professor, because I know he's a big part of putting this together. And, you know, he believes in this so much that I'm, you know, I'm all for let's fix this gig economy. We need to. But I'm just not a fan of these protests, especially because they're virtual platforms, especially because every market has oversaturation and has for a long time. But now we're facing that triple oversaturation that I've talked about on many occasions, which is the migrants and whatnot. Uh, maybe not as much on the rideshare side, 
but it might be making other people go to the rideshare side because there's a lot of people moving away now from delivery because delivery was the easiest for them to um, buy accounts, use family accounts, whatever they're going to end up doing. And it's just too bad. You know, I mean, we're in such an oversaturated thing that that's why I like a lot of the, some of the legislation I've seen, one of the biggest pieces I like <laughs> And they do this with the taxi and limousine commission too. people. So, or the TLC does this with taxi and or taxis, they do, not really with limos, but they do do it with taxis where they, where <clears throat> they cap the amount of cabs that can be on the street on any given time. And all the days difference, so like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a Thursday is like a big bar night. So it might be able to have a different par of drivers on Thursday evening for the bar hours than a Tuesday. But regardless, the city, to try and i mean the cabs are cabs are having it hard right now have been for many years but to try and keep the playing field somewhat equal they have to do that they have to say okay look you know let's let's say that uber wants to uber wants to let everybody out there on rideshare that they could so if in a perfect world uber has 5000 drivers when only 3000 or 2000 are needed and now we're going to see in a lot of legislations, the states or cities stepping in and saying, so you guys, need, you want 5,000 or even more. You want every driver possible. So you have a driver every block. You think that 2,000 is good and that gets you by. That's your lowest par. We're going to make your cap 1,500. And what I've seen behind these are extreme fines. And I'm talking millions of dollars per incident. So will they have this? Yeah, they'll have that. They have that technology to say, oh my God, like we now have, yeah, they might, maybe they can't get into the APIs. Maybe they can't get into this, that, and the other, but they can see how many are on the road. And that's what they're trying to, in many of these legislations, make happen. Same thing as they do with the cabs. I mean, they do it with the cabs. I'm not even talking about food delivery people yet, but I have a feeling that's going to get thrown in there too if they start don't start working together a little more. But that strike is um, on this Wednesday, which is the 14th. And what I would say, you guys, is like, listen, if you do ride share, and on that day, especially if you're in one of the striking cities, I think there's like eight of them or whatnot. Um, but if you're in one of the striking cities and you do ride share, but you're not going out that day or whatever, turn your phone on and just, you know, Sergio was saying this too. Just turn your, or Chris was, just turn your phone on and leave it at home even. You know, leave in your car as you drive, whatever. And don't, you know, this is if you're not going to be working the apps and just don't take anything. Because I think too many times in the past, people have said, well, don't turn the apps on. I See, I was I was glad to hear Chris and Sergio talking about this and Chris say, I think it's the opposite. I think you turn the app on and you don't accept anything. I think exactly, dude, because then they think there's people everywhere driving. So the, I mean, it's not, again, it's not going to make the biggest mark. These companies have, ridiculous amounts of drivers and if the pool gets a little low in any given city they'll just simply put a surge out or a, a bonus or whatever whatever they'll do they will never get under the amount of drivers that they need so it's not a strike it's a protest and i would even go as far as to say that you know, the best thing that you can probably do if you want to try and help the cause is just turn your app on and don't take any rides. You don't even have to do anything more than that. 
again, I'm this is kind of a thing for Torsten. Torsten's been, you know, a good he's been he's been good a good friend to me. He's been a sounding board. We've talked about many things, um, also concerning safety and whatnot. So I'm kind of trying to plug this because I know this is a big deal to him. I don't see this as the solution. However, <laughs> everything that we think of that is the solution never works. So I'm glad people are tearing at this from different angles. They don't have, I don't have to agree with everybody to see that, okay, this causes some noise. The main thing about Wednesday won't be, will riders not get rides? No, they will. And they'll get it in the same amount of time that they were before. But here's the thing. If they can send pings out and see that people are on, but not taking them. And if they can get, um, TV and media news out to any of these locations for that to happen again, guys. Like, so you'd think like, okay, well the media takes interest. Mm, they don't. I mean, they, they will again, when I've seen these in the past for Instacart or whatever, even in the biggest of cities, it's like eight to 15 people there at its peak. That's when like the media will come by and go, no, just keep going. We got other stories. They don't. And, and, and it's, we know how it is. Like they don't want to. They don't want to videotape eight people because that doesn't really make for a story. Um, it sucks, you know. And they could maybe pull one aside and say, well, "What's going on here today?" But then you're accused of not showing the crowd and how many there were. But if there can be 50, 60, 70, 100, even in any of these cities, drivers striking that that would be more than there ever has been. And that might get a story. And that's where I see that maybe something good could come of this. Anything that raises attention to the public right now is good. And we're seeing that on other states' legislations for sure as well. So, um, you know, I guess the cities that we'll be seeing it in, uh, um, the striking. Oddly, the striking is going on. It's seven cities. Uh, well, well, wait, one's a, two are states. Two states and four cities, five cities. So when I name these off, you're going to recognize that the first three already have legislation in place and they're the first ones striking. So obviously that didn't work. So we have New York City. Um, New York City has had the ride share um, in place, just like they do with the food delivery now where everybody is getting screwed out of money. It does not work. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, let me see that. Thank you, Christopher Taylor. I appreciate that. Um, I'll come back over here in just a second to say hi to all you guys. So hang in there. Um, but New York City, um, and we know that's already a fail for the delivery, but it's been a fail for rideshare for a long time. But that's they're going to strike. They've had legislation. Seattle has had legislation for a while now. They're, they're going to be striking. California has had Prop 22. They're going to be striking. But I've always told you Prop 22 does nothing for the um, rideshare drivers. And those who have argued with me have been down this rabbit hole enough times, guys. Yes, I agree. If you do whatever it is, 26 hours or more a week for, for a certain amount of consecutive weeks, yes, you do cover, you do qualify for Prop 22 medical stipend. But here's the thing. You're buying an, you're buying an inflated priced in, insurance policy with your stipend taken off. So let's say that the policy is $430. And let's say that with the stipend, you're getting it for $300. Well, I already went through with some people. We looked at, it's called, I know you guys in California call it something else too, like California. It's not just straight Obamacare. 
like here in, we call it marketplace, uh, medical marketplace here in Colorado, but you guys call it something in California. And if you go, I, it's, it's all just Obamacare to me and Obamacare. I mean, that's one of the, that's, that's something that until we have a better system, I'm glad we have that because no matter what you think of him or his presidency or whatever, it's nice when a president leaves with something and that's, and healthcare is just not, it's you can't afford it unless you unless you are covered at these days so that really helped but in california you can go get obamacare for about that same 300 bucks with about the same quality with about the same uh um you know amount out of pocket you got to pay and all that you're going to basically get the same plan through obamacare for 300 bucks as the 440 dollar um Prop 22 plan where you're getting a stipend or $430 Prop 22 plan where you're getting $130 stipend off and it's now $300. Well, that's the same price as the Obama one. So we know Rideshare saw nothing out of it. It's only the delivery drivers that really benefit from 22. But then we got Minneapolis, we got Chicago, of course. Um, we got the we got Massachusetts, and we have my state of Denver. So I will be curious to see on Wednesday. I'm gonna, actually gonna go down to where I know where they'd strike. Um it, it would either be at the airport one or down by the Capitol, but I will be in touch with other people too and seeing if anything's going on that's any kind of noteworthy. Again, most of the time, these people don't even um, bother. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just so few people. Like at the airport, I've seen stagings at the airport lot back in the day where maybe 10 people have turned off their app in the in the staging lot but our staging lot at denver holds about over 100 cars easy i think it's closer to 200 or 150 so if you have you know even if it's two-thirds let's call it 100 cars in the lot if you have 10 cars turning off so what i don't mean to be a jerk i'm just saying you know you're just it just creates a surge it gets they get other people out there with bonuses there is a way to fill this the only thing that can be taken away in my in my book is amazing PR. And that has to kind of be done ahead of time. And I would think Torsten is doing that. So we'll see. Maybe he's already getting ahead of that game, trying to really get that publicity out there. Um, I hope he is. Uh, but yeah, that's for that. Um, I will be into the chat in one second. I just want to go through this route real quick, you guys. Um, so stick around here and then we can chat for a little bit. I just got to finish up the audio podcast. And for those of you in the audio podcast, no, I don't do this every week. You guys know that. Um, however, uh, I just wanted to run the audio podcast this week since I didn't have a guest to a few different platforms, which I'm doing. And um, and then we'll see, you know, this is this is not a norm, but I'll stick around afterwards um, and here on the lives and see if anybody's around and any questions or anything you guys want to talk about. Um, so uh okay this is talking about ab5 so this is talking about uh california's misclassification law that hurt the employment and as it relates to um the dol ruling so <coughs> so this is you got to follow the words here a little bit employment fell for non-exempt occupations in california so when they did ab5 and like lawyers anesthesiologists doctors um, this group, that group, they all got their carve outs. Um, they were then allowed to be independent contractors. But for 
occupations that didn't get a carve out. This is these stats reflect both W-2 work and independent contractors that were hurt by this. So California's AB5 took effect in January 2020. We know that um, it codified a 2018 California Supreme Court ruling about the three-prong test. Um, it's the B prong that's the big one. That was the uh, dynamics. Um, and eventually, over 100 occupations were exempted from the law from 2020. So they had to rewrite the law to be um, AB2257 because it had got so sloppy with carve-outs. Um, and then this is... Who, who did the study? And just so I got this right. Uh, George, Mason, un, uh, George Mason University in Arlington, Virginia, um, examined how AB5 affected the labor market by comparing the employment outcomes of occupations that were affected by the law in California to those same occupations in other states before the AB5 went into effect. So the study concluded that um, concluded that self-employment in California fell by 12% on average um, from non-exempt occupations, while overall employment um, overall employment in the state fell by 5.4% on average for non-exempt occupations. Did you guys follow that? So the whole reason this was done, right? AB5 was done because Governor Newsom was saying, listen, you guys can't be independent contractors anymore. We don't trust you. We don't think you know what you're doing. Let us take care of you. We'll get you a job. We'll get you a union. You won't make much money, but we just don't trust you. Pretty much there wasn't a nutshell. So. But anyway, when AB5 went into effect, he the big promise there from Lorena Gonzalez and himself and others was that, and the EDD, was that it was going to create almost the amount of jobs that the IC part would kill. Well, here we're looking at it right now. So if there were, if it was a non-exempt occupation, um, self-employment in that non-exempt fell by 10.5 or fell by 12%. And I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to get higher and higher and higher and higher because even some of the non-exempt who maybe had little leeway, they have to pay a lot of stuff that they can't. And I know some are still going out of business. So I think this, this is a rippling effect. But what I was really struck by, because it anything... It should say, while overall employment in the state for that same non-exempt occupation, it should say rose zero or fell zero. At least that would mean it stayed the same, but it would still be bad because it would still mean you didn't create any jobs out of the careers you killed. But they're saying that, um, so the overall employment, W-2 employment in the state fell by 5.4% on average of non of the same non-exempts. So people were getting their self-employed killed by 12%. And I mean, I, again, I, I think it's, I know it's a little bit higher, but um, I think that this is using the whole bundle of them. There's some that are way higher. Uh, but so 10.5 or, or 12% and then 5.4 that, that they were supposed, it should say, if, I mean, really, it should say, you know, and then overall employment in the state rose by 5.4% on average for those same non-exempt occupations. But for it to say that we killed 12% of these occupations and we tried to hire in some W-2 people for these those non-exempt occupations and we still lost 5.4%, I mean, it it's just proof how bad this really, really, really is. And it is that bad.
it really it really is that bad um you know where was it here so one of the um I don't think we need to go that because so that they're talking about at the national level um and how there's a real danger of extending the consequences of worker um reclassification laws nationwide um again the intention here is to alter the composition of the workforce more workers would become employees and fewer and this is the national level the D, the department of labor's rule change for the march 11th um, more workers would become employees and fewer workers would be independent contractors um, unintended as they may be the consequences of the dol rule will likely be very similar to those of california ab5 okay so here's my question again the intention here is to alter the composition of the workforce 70 70 million per, 70 plus million people are independent contractors freelancers self-employed app-based gig platform workers whatever work for themselves that's 40 percent of the american workforce now when california did ab5 they didn't make any jobs in fact they lost them in the fields and the people who were able to work work couldn't and those who were put in the jeopardy of well i think i can qualify it still turned out if you haven't heard other things i've done with kim cavan and some of the other ladies that it still turned out that they became toxic so nobody wanted to deal with them you know like even if somebody was like okay i read through all this and it doesn't seem like i can get in trouble working with you they still didn't work with them because it wasn't well defined the dols is even worse i mean it's like we've talked about on uh, several occasions it's it's going to be a case-by-case -case type basis and um let me see so um one of the drive one of the driving reasons to reclassify independent contractors on the federal level of as employees and we know this has been coming for a long time is because contractors are not entitled to minimum wage overtime pay and other benefits under the fair labor standards act independent contractors have the potential to earn higher compensation compared to full-time employees but they also have but but they are also responsible for their own expenses including taxes and insurance contractors may also be uh, or may also experience fluctuations in income and may not have the same job stability as full-time workers i mean they're basically these are basically threats from the dol direct um, so they want to put in benefits and not only to the gig app-based gig economy but as somebody who does laser work, who does lighting, who does production, um, and other traditional gig economy stuff, not just this app-based stuff, it has for a long time, that just doesn't work. The only thing that I know that it's not perfect yet, but it is worth pursuing, and I hope a lot more companies are, because I know a couple companies tried to start up, but they went out under so quick, um, but is the portable benefit system. Because again, we never defined this space. We never defined, um, you know, where, you know, like okay, so what? What is this? Is it hybrid? Is it hybrid IC? Because the only we're not a lot of you who've never been an independent contractor outside of the app-based gig world apps. Um, don't you view it as like I can work whenever I want? So it's really just flexibility. And trust me, I know that's a big one because even when you get to self-employment, it's about being your own boss and working when you want. But 
you often have to work a lot more hours and you got to, sometimes you can have a light week and then you got a heavy week. And there's just so many different ways to look at this, but it was never defined. And we need to get, uh, we need to get these portable benefits rolling because I know that would slow a lot of this down too. So it's one of the Salt Lake City bills um, does have portable benefits in it. Threw away the rescue, which I love because it threw away all the crap about how much per minute and stuff because that really doesn't matter. But this is the federal government now finally saying, "Listen, here's why. You know, we we need to reclassify you independent contractors as employees." Um, because contractors are not entitled to minimum wage, overtime pay, and other benefits that the Fair Labor Standards Act. Okay, but that act has been in place forever, and this country has always allowed people to work for themselves. In fact, that's what this country was built on. We wouldn't even have companies if people didn't come here and build something with their hands and then take it from there. We didn't have technology. We know this. You know, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's the it was what it's the land of opportunity. Is it now? It's the you know, I mean, people would come here and start things and, then, and it slowly took a long time to migrate out west. Um, so, you know, it's it's been a long road. But to say all of this and to just kind of say, listen, we've kind of given up. You guys all need to be employees and most of you are going to be in unions, really, because where are the jobs coming from? That's what I want to know, because that still doesn't change my perspective, because like the, some of the companies I work for on like the production side, I'll give you guys an example, but the apps would be the same way. But on the production side, some of the production companies I work with can't afford more employees. And if they do, those employees are always salaried. The first two years I worked for the, the production, the laser company that taught me everything, um, the first two years I was a salary position. And there were weeks that were light and there were weeks I was out of country and barely had any downtime. So the whole week or two weeks or three weeks, whatever, I was kind of working. And even if I wasn't, it wasn't like I had, I mean, it might be nice to go check out a town that you're in or whatever for a few minutes, but you don't have a lot of time. So that's, that's another tough one. But to me, this is just BS to say that, you know, well, you know, you guys have to pay for your own expenses and taxes and insurance. Yeah, I would hope everybody knows that. I would hope everybody in here knows that. Look, if you're if you have a W2 and this, you probably understand how 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 you're dealing with those. But if you just came into this realm and said, "I'm just going to work gig apps and um I sure hope they uh they reimburse me for my expenses and help me with my taxes and insurance." No. You're an independent contractor. This is very different. This is you are responsible to it's the same thing as when the apps won't tell you something you should know like liquor delivery okay they won't tell you about liquor delivery because they don't have to in fact they're not supposed to because but then they take away some of our other rights so we're independent contractors right that means that when i get hired out for a job i am allowed to use any all and any and all tools i want to to get that job done and the hiring entity is not supposed to interfere with me so okay well then why can't i use the apps i want to go with those because that breaks the terms of service why can't i use my toolbox of gig apps you see what i'm saying like we have you know a lot of us use all these apps and to be honest it's i mean if you look at the terms of service you're not allowed to use these third-party apps you're not allowed to so 
Um, I, to me, it really is just, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to do everything I can help Mike Ruby and some other people. Um, Mike and I have a new system that we're going to be, I think we're going to do a live here probably early next week. He's been gone. Um, but how we want you guys to help us and kind of laid that out a little bit on 13 minutes this week, but, um, I am going to, um, Look, I I couldn't be in production if the DOL rule change affects me doing production. If it affects the gig apps, if and and for those that say, well, we already heard it won't. Yeah, you heard it from spokesmen from the gig app companies. What they don't, what they haven't told you is that the pressure isn't going to be on you on the federal level. It won't be on you, the driver. So like March 11th is the rule change. Don't no March 12th. You're not all going to be deactivated, but very soon after, like what we've discussed with some lawyers even on this channel, very soon after that, you're going to be, they're going to have to start making some examples or nobody's going to take this rule change seriously. So it is expected in the first three to four weeks that they will make some big chops. Will it be on you, the driver? No, not on the federal level. That will be state legislation that would come after you. But on the federal level, they'll put pressure fines um, all kinds of stuff they're gonna they're already talking about to the gig apps. What happens when they find the gig apps millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars? I'm talking like millions, 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 like a lot. What happens? Do you think that the gig apps finally say, you know what, we've really put these drivers through a lot? Let's uh let's bite the bullet on this one and and we'll just take one for them because we really can't chop their pay any lower lower. We all know that's not gonna happen. We all know exactly what's going to happen, and they're going to uh, um, take it out of the drivers in whatever way they weird way they want. Hell, we even know this. They'll even take it out of the customers now. It, I've never seen a business model where you treat like you're just a you're just an interface. You're just a dispatch company. Let's keep it to yeah. I mean, even the food platforms. We won't get into some of the more like off-brand ones, like I talked about in last mile. But let's keep it to the food and rideshare. You're just simply dispatch platforms. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, guys. There's a lot of states' legislation that I'm worried about. Um, here in Colorado, when I have Stephanie V. Hill on, because hers got shot down, um, and there were a couple things taken out that I would have liked to have seen. Ours wasn't as harsh as some of the other states. But again, when you open the door, then it becomes open. Um, and it's um, it's impossible to shut. So, but now she's working with Senator Priola, who was at the town hall with us, and he just didn't understand what was going on. So they're kind of doing something together. So when we have her on, we'll explain what's going on here in this state. So you guys kind of get a feel of after we explained to a senator who was voting against something, after we explained why he like here's here's what it really is here's what you need to understand i mean was it that alone that changed his mind who knows but he did get into looking into it and he decided wait this is wrong like why you know the people i was getting letters from are just the mad people that can't make this work for them so i don't need benefits for all because i can't afford to lose all my gigs so to me um, the only way I'm down with benefits for all are portable benefits. And you guys can look into portable benefits if you want. Um, maybe we'll talk about it 
on something upcoming here soon. Um, I've talked about it before, but portable benefits are basically exactly what they sound like. You know, you can use them from all the apps. They can come into like some kind of system that you're paying into or that the companies are. Like I've had a suggestion that why doesn't Uber, DoorDash and all these other apps, all these giants take just half, half of the money that they make on you. So from selling your data, okay? If they're selling your data, if they took half of that money that they sell your data for, that we check a box saying it's okay to do it, it shouldn't be. But if they took half of that and put it into portable benefits, we'd actually be in the same place as a W-2 worker upon retirement. So I've presented the fact of why don't you, why don't we start really pushing for that? Because I'm not even saying all of the money. Just if they put half of the data money they sell on each of us through time, we'd be pretty well off. But they're not even willing to do that because we check a box that says, go ahead, sell our data to everybody you want. But think how many people are on these platforms. Even even for them to give half up, they can write it off in different ways too. But even for them to give half up, they're still making a ton on your data. So I don't know. So for the audio podcast uh, listeners, thank you for joining me. And we will see you back here next week on Rideshare Rodeo. Be safe, earn smart, and uh, be good to each other. Peace, y'all.